better than this? Guys, me and dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Thursday episode of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Hello, Kyle. Hello. Don't mind me just being a dad over here. That's yeah. uh, that was a rough night's sleep last night, but we're in the saddle here on Draft Dudes and uh, got some good content coming today with the back half of the 2019 NFL Draft and projecting fifth-year options. And there's some fascinating players in here. There's some straightforward players in here on both sides of the coin. So uh, I have a feeling, Joe, we'll we'll get a nice variety of resolutions to the question regarding fifth-year options as of right now. Did Chris Schubert also have a rough night's sleep, and so he's not here today? Or yeah, what? I think like, he's hung over or something. He's something. Skipped, skipped the pod this morning. Maybe he's watching The Lion King. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Well, well, Chris, he, uh, hopefully we don't defensive. say anything to disappoint you here, right? He went like, on the defensive on social media, too, because yeah. Charlie, Charlie Gross was <laughs> like, which one of you knuckleheads didn't watch The Lion King? Chris is like, to be fair, I think I watched it once. Right, but I it probably was like a really long it. time. I've probably seen it. Chris, stop. Can't, I'm not here to defend yourself, which means we're absolutely going to go in on yeah. not getting, what was it? Hakuna Matata was the reference. Right. Get? Right. I think it's the most. <laughs> and how do you, how are you his age and not have seen Step Brothers? It's a great like, question. Th- there had to be a point in his life where he's interacting with his friends and, and just has to feel completely lost. It's kind of like how you feel on most podcasts with me. Yeah, but I think the part of the issue with that is your recall is different. Like I probably I watched the movie 15 years ago. And so that's I remember it within a few days after that, but not 15 years later, you know? (laughs) Well, the problem with that is my group of friends when I was growing up and I know a handful of them do listen to the show. So what's up, guys? Uh, Everybody, a movie would come out and then for the next year, like the five highlight quotes from that movie were just automatically roped into our daily conversations mm. on a daily basis. Yeah. It's that repetition, repetition. Yeah. There's some guys today in this draft class who need some more repetition for us to figure out if they're going to get their fifth year op- uh, ex- option exercised or not. All right. Dexter Lawrence pick 17, New York giants. We talked about him on the redraft. He's been a good player for them. And with, Dalvin Tomlinson no longer in the mix. I mean, I, he'll have an even bigger role. He's had a big role. He's been good against the run. He's been a good pass rusher. This is a slam dunk. Pick it up. Continue rolling with Dexter. Yeah, he's probably going to be a tier two. Uh, he's got 63 and 60% snaps for the Giants through his first two seasons, which is really impressive for a guy of his stature, right? 342 pounds playing 60 plus percent of the snaps for the Giants is, is no small thing. And just, you know, based off the figures from last year, and we're not going to try and predict what the 2022 fifth year options are going to look like. Um, but as far as the, the 2018 class, uh, you got Deron Payne. He was a tier two. It was eight and a half million dollars. So you're talking about eight and a half million dollars for an def- interior defensive lineman who's really good at what he does. And he plays 60 plus percent of the snaps. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I don't think there's any qualms that should be had if you're the New York Giants about bringing back Dexter Lawrence on a fifth-year option. All right, Garrett Bradbury, number 18 overall, Minnesota Vikings, the center, has started all 32 games for the Vikings, and I think he's been 
okay, maybe a slightly below average, certainly not what you think you're getting selecting a center in the top 20, right? Like if you're picked this high at center, you're expected to be one of the better players at your position in the game. Uh, And and through two seasons, I think he's been kind of stagnant. He hasn't been awful, but I don't think he's been the impact center. They thought they were drafting. Now he's been reliable 32 game starter. I feel bad for him in a sense because the guard play has been really poor. And, Mm -hmm. and that I think takes away from Bradbury and, and him really settling in and executing at the level you're expecting. So um, I'm, I'm thinking he can be a better player this year, but the financials here could make this a, an easier decision because if I recall from our conversation yesterday, yep. Yep. all the offensive linemen get lumped in together. And so there's a, a, a good value in picking up this option, if I'm not mistaken. Well, the val- the, the, this is one of the more expensive tier ones. This is $10.5 million oh, really? based off okay. of last year's. Because remember, if you're an interior guy, you're getting drug up by the salaries okay. of offensive the tackles. tackles. Yeah. So the tier one, like Isaiah Wynn, Billy Price, those tiers were $10.41 million. Wow. Okay. For tier one. Now, Garrett Bradbury, he's been a two-year starter. And, you know, I don't – has he missed any significant amount of time in within a game? And even if he has, like, yeah, he's played 97 and 100% of the snaps. Yeah. So he could, he could theoretically miss the entire year. And he'd still qualify for the average of 50% across all three seasons, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So that would be if you put him in the tier two, you're talking about $10.9 million based off of last year's figures. And that that won't be the same figure that it'll be when it comes time to make the decision, but it'll probably be higher than that. Yeah. And he was 24 when they drafted him. You know, he's gonna be 26 already. This season? <sighs> yeah. What do you think here? Is this a no? This is probably a no for me. Um, just because the relative cost of Garrett Bradbury. Um, if he comes out and he plays like an all pro this season, I think he can probably reignite some enthusiasm about his um, his projection as a long-term starter. But based off we've seen through two years, like you don't get extra credit for just being the starter, right? Like yeah. you have to be an impact player as a top 20 pick. And yeah, the financials here, this is this would be one of the top salaries for uh offensive linemen in all the game. So I'm trying to pull up right now what the top salaries are for interior offensive linemen courtesy of over the cap. Well, I know at center when the Bills signed Mitch Morse for eleven million dollars a season a couple of years ago, that was the highest ever for a center. So he's going to probably be at almost 11 million. He, he would be, I'm guessing, top five-ish paid center in the league. Okay, so here you go. So let, are we going to agree that he's a tier two? Yeah. If he's tier two, then, and you give him the fifth-year option when that year rolls around, and I'm sure somebody else will sign a contract between now and then that'll change this, but it would currently be the fourth highest salary of any yeah. center in the NFL behind Frank Ragnall, Corey Lindsley, and Ryan Kelly. Mm. Can't do it. Brother. Can't do it. Brother. <laughs> Uh, take a step this year, Garrett, and, and make this an easier decision for your team. Okay, so moving on. Number 19 overall selection is Jeffrey Simmons, defensive yes. tackle, Tennessee Titans, who I think is I think we can both agree has flashed and so, shown much more promise than what his production 
has for illustrated sure. at this yes. point in his career, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. Like you, you might not be enamored with five sacks and 22 starts, but dude, like I, I, the Titans are one of my teams. I respond. I'm responsible for, for pro scouting. So I probably watched at least half of their games, all 22 last year and, and certainly watched probably almost every one of them. It dude's a baller, man. Like he owns the line of scrimmage. He's dynamic. He commands a lot of attention. Um, that scheme doesn't lend itself very favorably to defensive tackle production in a lot of ways, what we talked about with Christian Wilkins, but this dude is physically outstanding. Like I watch him and I think I'm watching a a, a well above average player and he plays a ton, like in 15 games was 75% of the snaps last year, 840 defensive snaps. I mean, come on, man. I think he's a centerpiece of that defense or or one of them moving forward. And with, with some of the personnel restrictions around him in that defense too. I know this was a point when we did the redraft, it's very easy to throw extra junk in a guy's face on the inside. Yeah. If you don't have other threats on the interior that are, that are going to threaten you. So I think Jeffrey Simmons, his play has a greater impact than what the stat sheet reads. And I'm with you hundred percent. I'm ready to pick this fifth year option up. Even if he, so if he exceeds 75% again this season, then he would be a tier two player. Cause he got 75% in two out of three seasons. If I remember what the criteria is correctly, which would put him in the same pocket that, that Dexter Lawrence was in as a tier two player, uh, eight and a half million dollars. All right. So we're in on Jeffrey Simmons, Noah Fant, number 20. <laughs> The tight, Broncos. the tight ends are a no-brainer for me. If you're a competent receiving threat, it's a no-brainer because the financials are so damn cheap. It's so cheap. The what tier, is it? Tier one, I'm, I'm just looking at Hayden Hurst from last year, right? And I'm going to go through all four. Again, we're going to acknowledge that it's not the exact financial value that it'll be for no fan. 5.4 million for tier one. Oh, wow. $6 million for tier two. $8.1 million for tier three, which is a pro bowl and six or 9.6 million for tier four, which is multi pro bowls. Well, Noah Fant was the sixth leading receiver amongst tight ends in the NFL last it's year. No brainer played in 15 games with drew lock. And I mean, and he played whatever quarter <laughs> dude. Yeah. This one, this one's a lock. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> Yikes. All right. Yeah, Noah Fan. Cool. Continue rolling with him. He's a good yeah. player. So, and, and there's a greater discussion, I guess, to be had about the value of tight ends in the passing game versus the financial value of the position right now. And obviously, George Kittle did a lot to kind of reset that market, but everybody else is playing catch up on that contract because he reset the market there by like 50%. Do you know what's crazy about that, though? Like what you said is true, but Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith got more guaranteed money than any other tight end in NFL history, including Kelsey and Kittle and Waller. Like the Patriots gave Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry number one and number two in the history of the NFL in terms of guaranteed money for a tight end contract. I think we're still figuring out how to navigate the waters of the tight ends and the valuation of them as players. That's the conversation. We had this conversation. I don't know if it was off air or whatnot, but like, Paying an elite tight end and the impact that they can have on your team versus a receiver, 
is crazy. Like Amari Cooper's getting 20 million a season. Right. And he ain't going to block like George no. Kittle blocks. And he's $5 no. million dollars more expensive. And Kittle's going to have equal production. It's just, it's going to look different. An average tight end doesn't move the needle. But if you get one of these elite ones that are like difference makers, there's a big, big bargain to be had when it comes to that contract compared to what you have to play, you know, pay for a top 15 receiver thing. Kenny right. Galladay, you know, like, would you rather pay Kenny Galladay or Travis Kelsey? It's crazy, George man. Or, yeah. And, and Galladay <laughs> got more than both of those guys. Right. Waller. Would you rather have Waller or Kenny Galladay? Come on. Right. <laughs> so I guess that's part of the argument for the Atlanta Falcons drafting Kyle Pitts at four. Yes. Right? If you think you sure can be is. that next kind of player. Yes. More power. Now, those too. guys don't just come every year. Right. Like. Right. <laughs> so. So 21. Darnell yeah. Savage. Uh, he started 29 games in two seasons uh, for the Packers. Free safety. Uh, he's been a pretty consistent fixture on the back end for them. And he's had some nice ball production as well. Yep. Joe. I mean, he's got six interceptions, 17 passes defensed. Uh, his working coverage has been really good as far as what he's credited, as far as completion percentage when targeted, um, you know, quarterback rating when targeted his, uh, according to pro football reference, it, it's 71.1 as a rookie Very good. and yep. then six, 67.3 uh, as a second year player, as a, a guy who can play in the high post and kind of roams around a little bit. Uh, the financials of this looks a lot like the tight ends do from a, a financials perspective. Uh, Derwin James from last year, his tier values were 6.2, 6. Oh. 6.75, 9, and 10.6. I don't My. care what happens with Darnell Savage. You're paying this dude. Yeah, it, you mentioned the ball production, the coverage productivity, and you teased at the alignment. I mean, these alignments are crazy. Uh, 278 snaps in the box, 469 at free safety, and 229 in the slot. So I mean, the guy's just... 50% in free safety, and then the rest of it is 50-50 slot yeah. coverage in the box. Yeah. Uh, stud. And it's funny because he had some sizzle as a prospect, but I think there was some doubt that this was a first round player. And maybe like, even when the pick was made. Yeah. Well, it was, but, it was a little high, right? Everybody was expecting he might sneak in it like right. 30, first. 31, 32. And he, he goes at 21 and in, in front of a lot of other players. And it was kind of like the eyebrow raise, like, Oh wow. They, they went there this early, but certainly making them look smart because yep. he's been excellent for them. No doubt about it. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at Auto. Com. So next up is the Philadelphia Eagles pick 22 Andre Dillard offensive tackle Washington State uh, brother 
not not been a great pick for them so far. Uh, four starts in two seasons. He'll get his chance this year to play, right? Like, so far, Jason Peters isn't back as the left tackle. Stand and deliver time, assuming he wins the job, right? I, I know that there's some thought that right. he may not be the starting left tackle. So he needs a, a monster season to to turn this narrative around. You know, and, and it's – I always think back to when that first season ended and Dillard was a part of some trade rumors with Philadelphia. Yeah. And it tells me all I need to know. Yeah. The, the coaches are different. Uh, the decision maker atop the food chain is not. I'm inclined to say this is a no. Yeah. And I, it's, Regardless I, I, of what happens. Sure. You could be the biggest Andre Dillard fan in the world and, and still realize that at this point, based on this information, it is a no. So let's talk about Titus Howard. Yeah. He was played in 22 games uh, for the Houston Texans. And when he's been on the field, uh, he's shown some value. He started 14 games this past year. He missed half the season his first year. Uh, in the NFL, uh, but missed only two games in 2020 and came out as a understandably very raw player out of Alabama state. And uh, they, they wanted to bet on the traits. And I think there's enough here that, that if you get a strong season from Titus Howard this year in 2021, uh, you can understand. It's kind of like Isaiah Wynn. Now that I think about it. You know, and I would say Wynn's a better player than Titus Howard. But I think about Wynn's status as a player for the Patriots and the time that he missed and just kind of the questions about how consistently he was going to see the field. But he wins at the point of attack. He's good in the run game. And, uh, you know, there, there was some question about whether he kicks inside the guard versus tackle. I think there's some parallels with, with Isaiah Wynn. And Isaiah Wynn had his contract his fifth fifth year contract picked up by the Patriots. So Houston, I mean, you got to pay somebody and the the team has a bunch of like low level free agents that they've brought in. They're going to be starting from scratch. You could use that as maybe a justification to move on, but I'd also use that as a justification to keep a guy that you drafted and try and continue to develop him. Yeah. I I think, I think there's some decent momentum going into this year for him to play well and get this thing picked up. Right. Like, yeah, I think we have the right temperament towards it. Um, be healthy, continue your trajectory and you know, claim your role as a fixture on this offensive line. I think he can do it. So that uh, he's he was actually picked in the same draft slot as I say when as well. So no. I like the parallels there. I'm yeah. going to stick with that as my main talking point here. Josh Jacobs. Yeesh. Las Vegas Raiders. Really? Let's. I mean, let's make it real cut and dry, right? Let's let's read the values for what. Yeah, was I was available. wondering what the values were. Yeah, what so is it? Rashad, you're sitting here looking at Rashad Penny from the 2018 class and his tier values: uh, four and a half, oh boy, five, seven point two, and eight point six. All right, pick it up. You're getting picked <laughs> up. Congratulations, Josh Jacobs. Right, yeah. and uh, he's he's been extremely productive for them. Uh, he's made a pro ball already, so he's locked into tier three uh, at the worst, uh, which is 7.2. So you're either talking 7.2 or 8.6 for Josh Jacobs, guy who's rushed for 19 touchdowns in the last two seasons. He's averaging 1,100 yards per season on the ground alone. That doesn't factor in his receiving yardage. He's got over 400 yards receiving over the last two seasons combined. Yes. 
He's a core identity piece of what they're doing. What do you think uh, Kenyon Drake means for Josh Jacobs' role this year? They, they paid him a decent amount of money to come over right. there and be the RB, too. Right. Um, maybe less of the third down stuff. And I do think that's something they need to be cognitive of. And, and Brentley Weissman's talked about this going back to like October last year. He's like, they need another back in that room so that yeah. it's not all on wear Jacobs down all the time. Yeah. Well, he had over 300 touches. And then his other season was, I think, over 260 for touches. So he's been, yeah, 262 as a rookie and 306 this past year. He's been Which, a workhorse. Dude, do you remember like the thing about Jacobs? He is that he was not a workhorse. Right. In Alabama. Right. That was the big appeal is, oh, there's no tread on the tires yeah. because he yeah. was like, he only really took a featured role the one year and they still had a rotation going. So, yeah, I think they need to be mindful of that. And um, I would think they would try and use uh, Drake as more of a home run hitter, pass catcher. That's what Drake is at his best as a pass catcher. So, um, hopefully nothing that would derail Josh Jacobs from a fantasy perspective for those friends of ours who listen to the show who have vested interest in Josh Jacobs and Dynasty. That would be me. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Hollywood Brown, 25th overall pick, wide receiver, Baltimore Ravens, is next. Uh, Hollywood has played in 30 games. He's one of the more res- productive receivers uh, from this class. Has 104 receptions for 1,353 yards. And 15 touchdowns. Uh, wide receiver, though, Joe, is not a cheap set of buckets for tier one through tier four for fifth year options. Uh, are you familiar with what a tier one wide receiver would be, knowing full well that Marquise Brown is probably not going to qualify to be a tier one player when it's all said and done? I'm guessing it's double digits. It's 10, 10 and a quarter yep. for tier one. Tier two is $11.1 million. Tier three, Pro Bowl, Mm 14.3. Tier four, which will not be applicable to uh, Marquise Brown, but is just short of $16 million. Yeah. So there you go. Get ready for that for Justin Jefferson, right? Like way down the road. Yeah, correct. Why do I feel like when we talk about Marquise Brown, there's like a level of disappointment? Because I don't think there should be. I think he's been a good player for them. He's been fairly productive, 15 touchdown catches over the last two years, 769 receiving yards last year, up from 584 as a rookie where, I mean, the guy was playing on one leg. I think that his skill set and role in this offense matters a lot. Maybe you wish there was more production, but, I mean, collectively, this isn't a very productive passing offense, right? So for him to have that type of receiving output within the structure of an offense that's not necessarily an air it out offense all the time, like, I think he's been pretty good. And he changes the way you have to play against him. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair observation. And, um, you know, the speed dynamic and his impact is was always going to be, and I think other speed receivers like Henry Ruggs and Jalen Waddell, this will probably be applicable to to a certain degree as well. You don't run volume through them, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's more about the spacing that they dictate. And when the opposing defense falls asleep, that's when you go over the top and hit him with a home run. And and that's what Hollywood Brown has been really, really good at. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's just a question of, and I think you, you phrased it really well when you mentioned that this passing offense in general is not one that pushes a lot of volume through the air. They like to run the ball. Uh, so it, maybe it's just kind of like a perfect storm, 
right, of the style of play, the strengths of the passer, the strengths of the receiver, and how they're attacking winning football games. All those things blend together, and you get this production that is 13 yards per catch, but he's also got 15 touchdowns. And I'll say this for Hollywood Brown, too. Uh, he's really good in the playoffs. Have you seen his playoff mm-hmm. averages? Mm-hmm. 18 yards. Uh, he had seven for 126 at 18 yard average in their one playoff game in 2019. And then in 2020, in the two playoff games, he had 11 catches for 196 and 17.8. So his averages for explosive plays are way up in the playoffs. And he's averaging 107 yards per game in three career playoff games in two seasons. And it, just to kind of drive home this volume talking point, the Baltimore Ravens last year had 406 passing attempts. The next lowest was the Patriots at 440. Yeah. I mean, that's a game. There are 32 in the NFL in passing attempts, and they're a game less of passing attempts than behind number less. 31. Yeah. I mean, every other team, the Jets, Titans, Patriots, and Ravens are the only four teams in the NFL last year with less than 500 passing attempts. And, and I mean, there's a lot of teams that are over 600. Most of the, most of the NFL is above 550. You know what I mean? Like, okay. So then the, I guess the, the shoe being on the other foot there, if that's how you're going to play is paying a wide receiver. It's a fair point. Like Hollywood. Yeah. It's a fair worth point. 10 and a quarter million dollars for a fifth year. And he's going to be, he's going to be tier two unless yeah. he makes a pro bowl this year. And in, in which case he'll be over $11 million. Yeah. At, at that there's always going to be a four, three guy or, you know, high four, two guy in the draft right. that can give you that spacing fear that you're looking for. I think that's pretty fair. I will say though, I mean, for an, a passing offense that produced 2,739 yards on the season for him to claim almost 800 of those is pretty impressive. So it's not like he's just a guy that runs down the field and you have to respect it. Like he does produce relative to this offense. So my answer is going to be yes, but this is one of the more complicated yeah. cases yeah, for, I for think, sure that for we, sure. we're, we're going to talk about today. Uh, this so, next one is not complicated. No, I got to add it myself. Montez Sweat, number 26, Washington yeah. football. Well, this one's also not complicated. I it's think. not, but it's it's the one after this is even less complicated. Well, 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 let's, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Montez Sweat's a yes. Yes. My guys, he, he took a big leap. Um as far as the sack production, nine sacks, he followed that off of a seven-sack rookie season, up to 20 quarterback hits, 12 tackles for loss. Uh, just another key identity piece of, of what they're doing up front. And 66 and 64% of the snaps is what he's taken in his two seasons thus far. So he's playing two-thirds of the snaps. Imagine what he'd take if he's not rotating with Ryan yeah. Kerrigan. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, buckle up, man. Let's yeah. go. Like he's going to have a, another big jump. Uh, so I'd be working on not just the fifth year option. I'd be working on the contract extension and try sure. and get out in front of that for Montez Sweat. And I don't want to get into this can of worms right now, but I, I think Montez Sweat is in a lot of ways a, a good example of a conversation that you, you and I have had about different types of pass rushers guys that can reduce rush angles mm-hmm. and how beneficial that is, especially in this NFL where quarterbacks get the ball out of their hands so quick. So while we love watching a pass rusher run a circle circle around an offensive tackle and bend and really 
pivot and come and, and, and take down the quarterback, you have got to be able to lean in and reduce those angles to compress that pocket and make things tight around that quarterback, keep him on that spot. And, and, and Sweat is a guy that does that. And I think yeah. stylistically that type of pass rusher is, is becoming more and more important. Joe, let me ask you this. Are we looking at a turbo round here to close with the last five? We potentially, might be. Potentially, but before we get there, I, yep. I got I to gotta say something. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit in the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs, unless you're the Charlotte Hornets, then it's over. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Need to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. So many amazing flavors. They're all delicious. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. It's like eating a candy bar, but they are good for you. Built Bars are great for anyone who is health conscious, whether you want to lose weight, Maintain weight or just indulge in a delicious treat. You got to try Bill Bars. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for anyone on the keto diet. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BillBar.com. All right. You said turbo round. Can, is that even a thing with us? It might be here. Oh, it's, you're not kidding. I just saw the names. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the last six names and technically five contracts that we got to filter through. <laughs> so let, let's, all right, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Jonathan Abram, safety, Las Vegas Raiders. Can't do it. I can't, I cannot, I don't care what this year looks like. It's, Brother, it, it he's, you really think he's going to be available? No, I'm, I don't because he hasn't been yet. He right, thir- he, he played in 13 games this past year. And how'd he do? How did Jonathan Abram do? Well, he was targeted 33 times, gave up catches on 82% of them with a quarterback rating of 111.4. He was bad, Kyle. He has five touchdown passes. 13% of his, his tackle challenges were missed this past year. He's missed 16.2% of his tackles so far in the NFL. Yeah. And this is what he was drafted. That, that was what he was drafted for to be heat seeking missile in the middle of the field. And the Raiders told you everything they thought about Jonathan Abram when they drafted three safeties in this year. Yeah. Class. You're not kidding, dude. What's so they got Di- Diablo. Uh, uh, Morig. Okay. And the, some other one. I, I feel bad that I can't remember it. I shouldn't have brought it up. You, you shouldn't have, but we're here now. So yeah, we got to do it. Draft class. My producer, Chris, AKA myself, Tyree Gillespie, who's going to oh, fill, yeah. who's going to fill that role. Yeah. Uh, it's been nice knowing you, John. Yep. So Abram, needless to say, no, we'll, we'll not be seeing his fifth year option picked up based on the injury issues, the performance on the field, and then what the Raiders did in the safety room this past offseason tells quite the story. Uh, Jerry Tillery at 28. Jerry's played in 20, uh, 31 games, 
but the impact play has not come. And I think out of the remaining names, he's the one that you can kind of point to and say, well, maybe if he flips the switch, yeah, he can get the extension. Uh, but that looks like a bit of a long shot right now. It sure does, Kyle. But I will say with Jerry Tillery, we will always have the Stanford tape, you know? Yes. <laughs> yes. It'll always be there. But yeah, I mean, if the switch flips like it did for Tillery his last year at Notre Dame. Right. And that was the, <laughs> that was one of the big concerns with Tillery, yeah. right? Was it's like, okay, like he was this middling player for three years. And then finally this last year, he turned into a beast. And, yeah. you know, maybe he's on the same developmental arc in the NFL. Uh, but he's running out of time to show that before a financial decision has to be made. And you, you still have to be nervous about that because it's like when the money's on the line, things turn up. You know what I mean? Right. Like I'd be hesitant to pay a player like that. Right. Obviously so you, we're not around Tillery. If we were, we might have a better idea, but uh, that th- there's some clues there that make me nervous. I could tell you he's got a better chance than LJ Collier. I think. Yeah, the 29th overall selection. Collier's played in 27 games, and um, <laughs> the splash plays are non-existent. Right, he had seven quarterback hits. Never mind just three sacks in two seasons. He has seven quarterback hits in two years, and his his usage did get ramped up a little bit this past year. Yeah, uh, he went from 14 percent of the snaps, 152 as a rookie, to nearly 50 percent, 560. Yeah, but for a defensive end, you're talking. Nine and a half million dollars is the floor for fifth year options for him. I just Big don't year for see him. that. Yeah. I mean, if he comes out and makes a Pro Bowl, then like we can have a different conversation. But if he comes out yeah. and makes a Pro Bowl, you're talking about now paying him $13 million for his fifth year option. Yeah. And I know he had the injuries his first season. And so <laughs> it's nice to see him gain some playing time. And um... he started all 16 games. But with that regular play came not a lot of impact so it's right. do, do you want to play a base end or a guy who's winning at the point of attack do you want to pay him 10 million dollars to to play that role and that that was kind of the question that you know the valuation of the Rashad Penny pick the year previously is it's like for what you're going to ask him to do and all the other players that you had in the fray was this a necessary pick and, and is this mm-hmm. necessary to pay and I think that's the question Seattle has to ask themselves. I like his chances better than I do Tillery. Really? Yeah. He's been a better player than Tillery. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fun. Uh, DeAndre Baker, he's, he's been waived, right? Yeah, he's, he's done. He's, yeah, so he's axed. The Chiefs didn't cl- – the Chiefs signed him, right? He cleared waivers. We got to check. Where are you, Chris? We need you, bud. Did he, he was waived? Yes. Did he clear? I'm, I'm working on it. Baker signed ba- to the he, practice squad. Yeah. So, so no. he, Baker cleared waivers when the giants cut him in September. So he does not have the opportunity. He doesn't have a, there's no fifth year option to be had. Correct. Which leaves but us. Yeah, the chiefs ahead. are flirting around with a couple of former first round corners and Baker and Hughes, man. Yeah. Finding some. Finding some value if they can get them to click. Right. I mean, we saw what they could do with some third and fourth round guys. Right. Right. They can get those the switch to flip for those guys. Imagine what they could do with some first round guys. Yes, that's a good point. Caitlin McGarry, thirty one, Atlanta Falcons, offensive tackle. Your guts. Okay. 
four, 10.4 mil. He's okay. I would not surprise me to see this one picked up, but if you're just going off performance at this point, he probably shouldn't have it picked up. I like his chances to like take a step in this Arthur Smith offense. Yeah. I think it, sure. it, it definitely is tailored for him. So I, I think you'll learn what you need to know about McGarry this year. I do think he needs to take a step forward and like prove himself as a first round player and in, in that you feel good about anchoring your right tackle spot. Right. So we'll learn a lot this year. I don't know that it's a slam dunk at, at this point, but so right now, I, yes or no? No, don't, well, get off the fence. Get off no, the fence. It's a get no. It's a no okay, right thank now. Thank you. Thank Replaceable you. Replaceable player. It's also no for Nikhil Harry, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's trying so desperately to trade him and just get him off the team. Right. Which kind of echoes some of the things we heard about him pre draft. But um, if I wanted to come to his defense, he has been injured and he has had bad quarterback play. I don't disagree. At least last year. I mean, Tom Brady in 2019. That's, that's yeah, but, a rookie, not... uh, but a rookie receiver coming into New England's right. offense to try injured. It was just yeah. never going to. You know, that that was such a deck stacked against him type scenario. So uh, that's going to do it for us on the fifth year option recap, second half of the class. It's in the books. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert will be back again uh, tomorrow. So hopefully a little less chaotic episode of Draft Deeds to look forward to. So hit subscribe on the pod. Follow along. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, thanks as always for listening to Draft Deeds podcast. We will talk with you all again tomorrow.